Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88. And check out all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com, as we have uh, tons of articles up. we got a look at Fantasy NASCAR, the rankings for the Food City 500 at Bristol Motor Speedway. We have an NFL mock draft from Riley Bymaster. I have a mock draft coming up. should be posted today or tomorrow as well. Uh, baseball articles up, the positional rankings. I'll have my stock watch article up this week, two-star pitchers as well. And you can ask all your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime. So become a member today. We got our closer depth charts, waiver wire pickups, just a ton of baseball content to get you through the season, and it is obviously getting a little bit dire now with a ton of injuries across baseball. I mean, we are not even a week into the season yet, and we have a lot of significant players that have been put on the injured list, and yes, it's frustrating. Look, we all are a part of it. I got a league where my entire infield is on the injured list, so it's frustrating, but there's nothing we can do. We have to just seek replacements and move on. Don't sulk. Uh, it's going to be challenging, but that's what we're here for. We'll get you through it. So just ask uh, whatever questions you have, who do you want to pick up, and we'll uh, help you figure this puzzle out. And it's still very early, too. Keep that in mind. You know, through the course of the season, everyone's going to go through a period where they have some guys hurt. Uh, so there might be a team now that you see off to a great start, but, you know, things are going to turn the other way for them at some point, too. And, just having that confidence and ability to keep churning the roster is key. And that's what we're going to do here at ScoutFantasySports.com to help you. Of course, Scout DFS, the baseball guys have been on fire. Doc mentioned how you know he, he used a Diamondback stack, Met stack. He had a lot of success yesterday and a lot of guys sharing their screenshots. So we want you guys to be part of it. So you can check out there's uh, articles up there now for the uh, early slate, the main slate. Uh, obviously, a lot of day baseball today, which we'll get into. So you can check them out again. Scout uh, DFS for NBA as well. There's about a, a little over a week left. Actually, the regular season ends a week from tonight. 12 games late tonight. Don't ignore it. There's a lot of money to be made in NBA too, and especially with a lot of these players resting and a lot of teams tanking. A lot of value opening up that you can get. You know, yesterday, good example with the Lakers. A lot of good value there. It allowed you to get guys like Westbrook. Westbrook, sick line yesterday uh, with 20-plus points, 20-plus rebounds, 20-plus assists. So you needed him to cash last night. You get 82 points on Yahoo last night. So, you know, you're able to get those superstars with a lot of the cheap uh, players on the slate. So you could still make money there. Of course, you got golf. There'll be articles up on that. Uh, NHL, still some time left as well. MMA. 
So we got you covered. Optimizers in Slack chat leading up to lineup lock. So plenty of ways to get in there, win some money, including VegasWhispers.com. Off to a nice start with baseball. And uh, they already have the preview up for the Final Four this weekend. So you can check them out, VegasWhispers.com. Follow them on Twitter at VegasWhispers as they document the picks every night, whether they are wins or losses. Everything is there and uh, held accountable. We'll have Michael Florio from Fantrax coming up in the next segment, talk some baseball with him. We'll go over some of the live action from this afternoon. We'll give you lineups for the games upcoming today as well. So plenty to get to on the show today. Uh, starting it off here, look at some of the things that kind of stood out from yesterday. You know, Ian Kennedy was one of the hot pickups over the weekend. I don't want to say hot because the bids were very tepid, even me. I didn't want to go heavy on Ian Kennedy. He's just not the prototypical closer. He's not a guy that throws very hard against strikeouts, although he was touching 93-94 yesterday. So I was watching that game, and he blew the save. They had an opportunity there with a one-run lead. They brought him in, and uh, he did not get the job done, gave up a couple of hits. So interesting to see what the Royals do going forward. They'll probably give Kennedy another shot. Peralta came into this game uh, with first and second no out in the seventh inning, issued a walk, but then got out of it unscathed. So we did hear Ned Yost recently say that Peralta and Kennedy were his guys. So I know we see it nowadays where guys blow one save and they're quick to get rid of them. I would think they give Kennedy another shot. Again, he got one inning, three hits, one run, no walks, and a K. Peralta had a scoreless inning with one walk and two strikeouts, so he got out of a huge jam. Then they brought Brad Boxberger in in the 10th inning, and he relinquished the lead, giving up two hits, a walk, a run, and a K. So uh, he's off to a terrible start, so I don't think it'll be him. Uh, so it looks like it's Kennedy and Peralta for now, with Kennedy getting the slight edge. But one of those closing situations that is frustrating right now where we're just not sure who the guy is, and the same thing could be said on the other side for the Twins yesterday, the same game. So they brought in Taylor Rogers to start the eighth inning of a tie game. So it was 3-3 at the time. He came in uh, in the eighth inning, and he did give up a run. Uh, they let him pitch the ninth as well. He was removed there. He went an inning and two-thirds, gave up three hits, a run, no walks, and a strikeout. Uh, Hildenberger came in to get the final out of the ninth, and then after they took the lead in the tenth, Blake Parker came in. He was able to get the save his first of the year. A scoreless innings, he allowed a walk and a strikeout, 18 pitches, nine for strikes. So I don't think there's any clear-cut guy here. I was a little surprised they didn't bring Trevor May into this game. I think May has the best arm in this pen. I do like Rogers. I think he's solid too, but it really isn't clear-cut who is going to be the guy. You know, someone was asking me about that yesterday. And I said, you know, Rocco Baldelli has not named the closer. And I think he's going to continue to go this way. So it makes Parker, May, and Rogers all worth owning at this point. And who knows what they do down the road. So we have several teams like that. You know, another team is Baltimore. I mean, they have four saves on the year, all by four different guys, and none of them are Michael Givens, the guy that everyone drafted as the closer, and it hasn't been given. So, again, another one of those frustrating situations there, and that's the problem now. We have several of these across baseball. I mean, we're not even exactly sure who the Phillies' closer is yet. We haven't seen them get a save opportunity. 
uh, whether it's David Robertson or Sir Anthony Dominguez. I mean, we're just not sure at this point who the closer is. So it just makes it more difficult. Uh, we did get uh, not clarity, but I think we have a better idea now with Seattle. Uh, Dave has several different pitchers get save opportunities with Strickland going down. Strickland had two saves early in the season, but he's on the injured list and he's out for a period of time. And we saw yesterday Marco Gonzalez throw a gem. There's a lot of people who crap on Marco Gonzalez for fantasy, and obviously I'm not one of them. I have quite a few shares of Marco Gonzalez. Uh, I have him in Tout Wars. I have him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. I have him in this uh, GDD Auction League. So, yeah, I'm... It's really because of the price. I mean, he was a guy that's cheap, and, you know, he doesn't get you the strikeouts that you want, but he's an effective pitcher. And, you know, you see a game like last night where he's able to go deep into the game and didn't get the strikeouts you want, and the strikeout rate is still is still low. It's not ideal. It is a guy, though, that you're getting uh, later in the draft. He just doesn't walk anyone, and he keeps the whip down, too, and that's a category that's important. You know, if I can get a guy with a whip of, you know, 1.18 in the 17th, 18th round in a 15-team league, there's some value to that. So I understand the strikeout rate is not what you want it, but he already has three wins. So obviously, pitched in Japan, so was able to pitch game one and then game three when they return. You know, the strikeout rate is just 13.4% right now, so we definitely want to see that go up and – uh, I think he can. The velocity has been down on his fastball earlier on. Not a hard thrower anyway. But you just would like to see some more strikeouts. I think that would help. He just hasn't been getting the swings and misses so far. But a guy that's, you know, very effective. As you saw yesterday as he went eight in the third innings. Just four hits, one run, and three Ks. Now, it was a good matchup here against the uh, the Angels there. He was able to take advantage of it. But uh, Marco started in the ninth inning. Then they pulled him after first and third, and they brought in uh, Anthony Swarzak, who was just activated from the DL yesterday. He came in, and he was able to get out of it um, with uh, a strikeout and a groundout to pick up the save. You know, Sean Armstrong could be another guy in the mix as well. He's dealing with an oblique injury. He should be activated sometime next week, but I got to think, Swarzak is the guy for now, and he was picked up in a lot of leagues over the weekend. You know, sometimes you think, oh, yeah, I can sneak this guy through. No, people are just searching for safe opportunities. But what's crazy is that, you know, Swarzak really has had one good year. It was two years ago with the White Sox. He was not good with the Mets last year. He was injured most of the year. I think he threw about 28, 29 innings. So he did not throw much, but he wasn't good. But it's a state of closing. Anyone that we see get that opportunity, uh, we're going to grab him. Zach Eflin with a very impressive start yesterday. Eflin is a guy that I do like. I drafted him towards the end of a 12-team Rotowire NFBC Online Championship League. Did not have him active in the lineup this week. He had one start, and uh, he was very impressive yesterday with the nine strikeouts through five innings, only allowed three hits, and he's definitely an intriguing name. Could be unowned in some more shallow formats out there, potentially. Uh, but we saw flashes of him last year, and uh, really that changeup was very, very effective yesterday. I uh, was able to get a, a lot of swings and misses, uh, got a good slider as well. So he's his guy to keep an eye on. A very impressive first start for him it was, as he was pounding the strike zone uh, yesterday, uh, continuously throwing strikes. So uh, once again, the Brewers win this afternoon. Uh, impressive start for the Brewers. 
They win one nothing over the Reds. A very good pitching duel here. It was Alex Wilson getting the save, not Josh Hader. Hader had pitched two days in a row. Saw some comments from Craig Council where he said he kind of didn't want to do that. That was not the plan going into the year. But Hader said he felt really good yesterday, so they decided to do it. And, you know, this is a guy that we've seen throw multiple innings and a lot of his appearances. He has not done it yet this year. Jeremy Jeffers is right around the corner, close to returning. He's on a rehab assignment. And I think he will be in the mix for saves as well. You know, I still think that they do want to get Hader involved and bring him into the seventh inning of a jam, you know, with runners on and let him finish that inning, pitch the eighth. You know, they definitely like him in that multiple inning role that they could give him off the next day. So it's definitely the ideal start for those that drafted Hader. I mean, you got to be really happy with the way he's pitched and getting all the save opportunities so far. But obviously they were not going to go to him today. So Wilson came in. Did make it a little bit dicey, gave up a, a walk and a single, but was able to get a fielder's choice, a ground ball, out to end the game and preserve the win. For the Brewers, who are 6-1, and one, and, you know, I, I like the Brewers going to you. They were one of my teams to, to make the playoffs. I had them finishing as a wild card, Cardinals winning the division. Uh, I think their starting pitcher is better than what people think. I, there's question marks, no doubt about it. They have some young arms, and they don't have – the typical ace that you want. You know, you look at a lot of teams and they got that ace. They really don't have it, but they have a lot of good arms with big potential. And one of them was on display today, and that's Freddie Peralta. What an impressive start today. Eight scoreless innings, no walks, two hits, and 11 strikeouts. 100 pitches, 72 for strikes. So he gets the win. And this is why Peralta was someone to take a shot on late in drafts. Now, his first start was not very good. Uh, he just could not find the strike zone, and it was against the Cardinals. He went three innings in that one, allowed six hits, four runs, three walks, and three Ks. So that was the biggest thing that I liked from him today, to go eight innings and not walk a batter after his inability to find the strike zone in his first outing. That was big. Now, <laughs> but it also tells the story of Peralta, is these two starts, is that's still what we might see. We might see inconsistency. And as I've said before, you know, the really good pitchers, when they don't have their best stuff, they find a way to gut it out and get you through five. We have not seen that from Peralta yet. And that's something for – it takes some time for a young pitcher. You know, it gets in their head. You go out there, you don't have your best stuff, and you overthrow. And you got to find a way to work a way around that. But I still do like Peralta. I have him in uh, several leagues – and I had him out there, I think, in all of them this week. Maybe one of them was on the bench, depending on my other options. But he is a guy that, that can be frustrating at times. And unless it's an awful matchup, like at Coors Field, you're probably going to have to run him out there. And uh, Cincinnati is usually a place that we don't like to start our pitchers because of the ballpark. But right now, the Reds are just slumping offensively. They fall to 1-4. and four, And you look at the bottom of the lineup today as they rested some guys in you, you got to throw your pitcher against this. I mean, Derek Dietrich, Kirk Casale, Iglesias, and the pitcher. Yeah, that's uh, one you want to exploit. So on the other side, though, Luis Castillo, very impressive performance today. He's had two good starts to the season. The first game, he left with the lead. The bullpen blew it. Today, he just did not get the offensive run support. He only gave up one run in this one, and his changeup has been so effective. Uh, and that's why we needed to see the velocity 
uh, be there for Castillo because he needs that fastball to be in the mid-90s in order for that changeup, the, the gap between the fastball and the changeup, in order for that to be effective. And we did see that today. Uh, just a tremendous performance from Castillo, who I did like going into the year. Got him in a couple leagues, uh, and it was definitely an encouraging sign there today uh, against the Brewers lineup. That's very good. It's a very tough lineup. I know they, you know, had some guys sit out today. Yasmani Grandal got the day off. Lorenzo King got the day off. He did come into the game later as a pinch hitter and get a hit and steal a base. But this is a very difficult lineup to navigate through, especially with the. Hot-hitting Christian Yelich and Castillo is smart. He walked Yelich two times today, but only three walks overall. Uh, getting the strikeouts, it was just a, an excellent performance for Luis Castillo. So he was one of the guys in the spring. Maybe there was some concern about the velocity, but it's back up in uh, two really good starts to begin the year for Castillo. And that's what we need to see now. You know, he had a poor first half last year. The last two months were very good. Now you want to see him put it together. You know, this is two good starts. It's encouraging. But you need to see that stretch. We know he's not going to have the best stuff every time out. No pitcher does. But you would like to see some consistency and avoid those disastrous starts. And so far, Castillo has done it. Seven innings, one hit, one run, four walks, nine Ks today. But he does take the loss. When we return, we'll talk more baseball. Michael Florio from Fantrax.com. He will join me next here on Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy. You're joined now from the Boston Sports Journal, Sean McAdam. How concerned is Chris Sale? How concerned are the Red Sox? And how concerned should we be? Last night in Oakland, even though the velocity wasn't there, the results were. He, he was averaging for the first time again in a career appearance under 90 miles an hour with his fastball. He was 89.5. But it seems as if that's by design. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. We all 
have you covered for your fantasy baseball needs, waiver wire pickups, two-star pitchers, stock watch, rankings for the week. And, of course, you can ask questions on the message boards and forums specifically catered to your league, whatever your specifics are. We will answer them. You can go in detail. No character limits, so check it out today. Joining me now, a guy with a big secret that I just exposed. It is Michael Florio from <laughs> Fantrax.com. What's up, man? Not much, man. How you been? Good, but you, you're clearly an example of a guy who forgot where they came from. Like, you go off to the West Coast, you live your own little life now, and you forgot about all your friends in New York. I never even hear from you anymore. It's pretty bad. That's not true at all. We talk – we, we, I've, I've had more conversations with you on the phone than I think with anyone else from, from there. Really? We haven't spoke on the phone in like over a month and maybe two months. So that means, see, that proves my point. You're not talking to anyone. I'm sure you talk to Frank Stample, though. I'm more of a texter than I call people on the phone. The only people I really talk to on the phone is like my parents. Okay. That's, well, you grew up in the right generation, man, because, you know, the, the girls around my age, they want to talk on the phone. And it's, it's not ideal. Yeah, I've been in a relationship for a long time, and even before we lived together, never really spoke on the phone, always just texting. Uh, I wish my parents were like that, too, but they're they're a little bit more old school. And, Ronis, I got some news for you, though. What is that? I start uh, on my first West Coast softball team tonight. Oh, really? Tonight's the first game? Yeah, we had one practice. Tonight's the first game. Oh, okay. So, any idea where you're going to hit in the order? Uh, I don't know for sure, but uh, after BP last week, uh, you know, people were a little bit impressed, so I'm I'm expecting to hit pretty high. I'm wow. playing short, too, again. Wow, so there must be pretty bad competition out there. They put you in short <laughs> and impressed by your BP. That's pretty bad. Uh, I open up on Sunday uh, with a new team, and I am not ready because I have not swung a bat. I have not thrown a ball at all. And they were trying to get a practice on Saturday and just got an email saying that there was not enough for a response, so we're just going to meet on Sunday. So I'm screwed because, remember, I'm older than you, and it always takes me like two, three weeks to get the soreness out, and uh, I know I'm going to be rusty. My back's going to be killing me after taking, you know, swings and a doubleheader. So, hey, that's not going to be good. Uh, but it'll take me like two, three weeks to get into a groove, and, you know, I'll have my Sunday games. I'm going to be on a weeknight team as well. So, uh, and the weather's not is very up and down too, so that doesn't help. Uh, I think there might be rain in the forecast for Sunday too. Honestly, I'm kind of hoping it gets rained out. Actually, no. Now, now I see it's 63 on Sunday. That's not bad. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I think they're so stupid out here for starting the season in early April on the East Coast. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, out here we're starting this week, and I think we play throughout like July. It's, it's a long season. Only one game a week, so I don't love that. I wish it was more. But, yeah, I, I can relate to your struggle because last week my practice was the first time I played since last July. And two swings in, man, my body was feeling it. Yeah, and you're younger than me. That shouldn't happen to you. But, yeah, no, your body's just not like anything. You know, if you train a marathon, you don't run 20 miles the first day. you got to slowly build up. So, uh, and that's a good transition, actually, to the first guy we're going to talk about. Because, yeah, these guys are professional athletes, but, you know, throwing a baseball is not natural. And you have to really put some time in. And that's why spring training is so long. But, you know, one of the guys that people are talking about today a lot is Chris Sale. You know, last night we saw just one strikeout, just six swinging strikes. 
And the velocity on his fastball was down from 92.77 to 89.86. Now, he was effective, but Chris Sale did not throw much in the spring like much of the Red Sox starters. So through two starts, is this alarming? Is this a concern? Or do you still think this is essentially spring training for him? Uh, I'm kind of in the middle with this one because I do still think it is essentially spring training. I uh, I forget the, the, the Boston Globe writer's name offhand, but there was a writer from the Boston Dick Globe Smith? last night. No. <laughs> he was tweeting, though, about how uh, the extension on Sale's front leg when he lands was a lot less forceful than it was uh, at peak last year. And then I know uh, the guy over at Pitcherless tweeted out a gif of him last year when he was throwing 95 and last night when he was throwing 88. And it does look like he's holding back this year. But still, to see his velocity on opening day be, you know, three miles per hour less than it was last year and for that to drop. And now we're talking about at his max velocity. He's almost he's like seven miles per hour away from that right now. That to me is scary, especially since, you know, the shoulder, he had a little bit of an issue in the past. So I am I can't say I'm not worried at all about Chris Sale, but I'm also not panicking just yet. Do you own any Chris Sale this year? I don't actually, so I'm I'm pretty happy I don't have to worry about this. Yeah, I don't have him either, but uh yeah, I think you know, I just don't think you can really get anything in a trade right now. Everyone's aware of what's going on. I think you have to hope that this is just something where they're holding back because they just did sign him to a contract extension and I, it's possible that they missed something or the injury happened after. I mean, just take a look at Aaron Hicks, you know, that guy must be happy as hell. You know, he gets that contract and then like days later is back. But, you know, the Red Sox did sign up to that contract extension, so I think you have to hope that he is healthy and it's just kind of a slow start here. Uh, we saw Madison Bumgarner pitch last night. It wasn't as good as the first outing, and there was uh, some poor defense behind him. But Mad Bum is a guy that it feels like the industry was down on quite a bit. Well, where do you stand on him, and what did you take away from his first two starts this year? I'm very low on Mad Bum. I actually, for Fantax, wrote a bold prediction article, and one of my bold predictions was that he'll be dropped after getting traded away from San Fran because that home ballpark is just such a luxury for him. Uh, I was more open to him, though, after opening day. The fact that he's throwing his cutter now with his primary pitch is, is huge for him as his you know, progression and, and his velocity start to go down. But... Again, his velocity on opening day looked like it might be bouncing back, but now I'm starting to think that that was, you know, perhaps adrenaline because last night the velo was down again, less swinging strikes. I get it. The Dodgers are a tough, tough lineup. Not a lot of guys who strike out all the time, but still, the swinging strikes were down from opening day. The velo was down from opening day. I feel like opening day right now is more the anomaly, and what we've seen the last, you know, year two years is more of the magnum that we know, and I'm, I'm scared. Talking to Michael Florio from Fantrax.com. Uh, Marcus Stroman with a, a solid start yesterday. He did give up some runs. You know, you expect a little bit better against the Orioles, but he was a guy that went really late in drafts. Obviously, the strikeouts have never been there. You see any encouraging signs for Stroman this year? Yeah, and I wrote, he's part of my write up today on my Patreon page for anyone who wants to check that out. But I'm excited about Stroman. Not, he's never going to be, you know, a, a high strikeout. You know, like guy like, like what you want a fantasy ace to be, but he's throwing a slider now 
more and in both starts, it's more than he has really ever thrown it in his career, and that really has led to it's his pitch that he's getting the most swinging misses with. So if he can get an uptick in those strikeouts, we already know he's going to be an elite ground ball pitcher. If he's incorporating that slider now into the mix at a heavy rate like he is, I think there's reasons to be optimistic for Stroman for the first time in over a year, I would say. How about uh, the performance of Anthony DiSclefani yesterday? Uh, no one really kind of talks about him. I did have him in my two-star pitcher write-up saying that you could use him in a deeper format. Uh, I did have him in the GST League, and I did not use him because I just felt like I had better options this week. But uh, is he someone that is intriguing? Yeah, he definitely is. Anytime you see a line like he put up last night, I think it, you have to start to take notice. I think you, what you did, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who were in the same boat who had him on their bench this week, and that's fine. I know a lot of fantasy owners get upset when there's strong performance on their bench, but to me, I take it away as last night was the huge step forward for Anthony DeStefani. Now watch him continue to build on this, and then you get him into your lineup if he can continue to build on this. But don't ever, in my opinion, I, I think it's a mistake when people get upset with bad performances on their bench. Yeah, you'd rather be in your lineup, but take the good from it. You know, like this is an encouraging sign. You could have a potential breakout on your head. All right, whenever you have a, a player do well on the bench, I'm going to text you and say, don't worry, it's okay. He had 14 strikeouts on your bench. It'll be fine. I know it sucks. I, I fully get that it sucks. But for a guy like Dave Clefani, first start of the year, I think it was the right call to leave him on the bench. No, I, I think it was, too. Uh, and uh, I had some good pitchers in some two-start weeks, although one of them was Matt Strom. So that that looked bad so far. That didn't work. Yeah, that did not work out. But, hey, I don't. <laughs> I, I thought, he look, he had a good spring. He's got intriguing stuff. And he just had a bad outing. So uh, hopefully it'll be better in his second start this week. Uh just seeing this now about Jeff McNeil, his knee, he's banked up, so he's not in the lineup today. That that kind of sucks because McNeil's, McNeil's off to a good start. This guy can hit for the Mets. Yeah, I was actually happy when I saw that it was the knee. And, again, not because you ever want to be happy that a player is banged up, but when I first saw the lineup, I had, like, flashbacks. Remember when the Mets had Conforto and they would never play him against the lefty? I kind of was afraid I know uh, it's against Trevor Richards tonight, but I was afraid that, you know, like for some reason they were, they were going to mess around with McNeil. We've seen him move up and down the lineup so far this year. So at least we have a reason as to why he's not in because I believe he is talented enough where he should be in this lineup every single day, no matter who is the opposing pitcher. Yeah, I think so too. So hopefully that does continue there. Talking to Michael Florio, Fantrax.com. Christian Walker off to a good start. I saw Jake Lamb was taking some ground balls at third base yesterday and today. Uh, do you think Walker can get consistent at bats because he has hit right-handers so far? Yeah, I believe all three of his home runs are against righties, which is impressive. And, and I hope that they do move him over. I know it was just on Monday where uh, they said that they weren't considering that yet. And I guess they're lying because, you know, we've already seen Lamb taking ground balls at their base, Escobar hasn't been hitting. Uh, so I think that that should be the logical move. I think we should see Lamb move back over to third and see what Walker could do if he was given every day at that. Yeah, he might be a guy that was already picked up off the waiver wire. So uh, depending on your league, you can check that out. Man, the Padres outfield, man, it is so frustrating right now. As a guy with Hunter Renfro in a couple leagues, like I have him in a NFPC auction league. I didn't put him in there this week because I just don't know how many at-bats he's going to get. He goes in there and hits two home runs. you got Fran Mill Reyes, Margot. We know Myers is going to play every day. Uh, Cordero, like, 
how does this play out? Like, if you don't have Myers right now, you have the other guys in a weekly, in a daily league, it's easy. You just put in whoever's playing. But in a weekly league, it's so frustrating right now. How do you think this plays out for the Padres eventually in this outfield? Uh, I think there has to be some, like an injury or, or one of these guys has, like, it, it's going to eventually figure itself out, I like to hope. But I agree with you. I think the only way you could really trust these guys is if you're playing a daily lineup league. Uh, Franville Reyes, I know he got off to the slow start batting average-wise, but he's crushing the ball when he makes contact. It's just, you know, he's been a little bit unlucky. Hunter Renfro, I think, is capable of being an everyday player and 100% should get that opportunity. But it's just they have too many weapons out there. I know one thing they, they toyed around with in spring training was trying Will Myers' center to get the bats of Franmil and Renfro in every day. But I'm not sure they're going to they're going to go with that in the regular season. We really haven't seen anything pointing to them doing that. But that would be the best-case scenario, I think, for fantasy. But, yeah, right now it's just those guys are too difficult to trust other than Myers. Yeah, putting Myers in center field is like you at shortstop. It's just not going to work. Don't even try that experiment. <laughs> uh, Jake Odorizzi is first outing at 11Ks. I mean, it was against the Indians, which is one of the most pathetic lineups right now. So, when you see some of these pitchers going against these weaker teams, but they're putting up these impressive stats, because 11K is, I don't care who it against, that's uh, pretty impressive. But so, how, what do you take away from uh, Odorizzi's start considering the offense he went against? I think it was more product of the offense he went against. Uh, I actually streamed him in one league this week, so I was very, very pleased with that outing. But we're seeing around the league, pitchers are throwing their fastballs less and he still threw it like two-thirds of the time in that start, and, and he is who we know he is. He hasn't had a velocity jump or anything like that. So I look at that first start, and I say, okay, that's the product of this Indians lineup. We're seeing pitchers pitch very well against them every night. Uh, Carlos Rodon threw a, a pretty, a very solid outing against them today, and I looked into it, and his velocity was lower than it was his last outing, but he's facing the Indians, so you can get away with that. And I, so for me, it's just more of a product of this Indians lineup. And, man, should they, those fans be upset because they're just wasting their championship window. Yeah, I was saying that in the previous segment. I'd be absolutely disgusted if I was an Indians fan that they didn't do anything to upgrade the outfield. They did nothing to upgrade the bullpen. And to me, they have the best starting staff in baseball. You couldn't even – and, look, I don't love Adam Jones. We know he's kind of a mediocre player at this point. Not a big OPP guy, even in his prime. You know, he was a good player, not great. But you can't go out there and sign him. There was very minimal interest in him. You can't pay him 4 $5 million for one year to play the outfield. He's way better than what they have right now. Agree. I thought Adam Jones was one of the many players getting disrespected this this uh, free agent class. And he's been very hot to open this year. I got him in my tout wars team, so I, I've been enjoying his hot start so far. Oh, my Towers infield right now is uh, Matt Olson, Daniel Murphy, Francisco Lindor, and Miguel Sano. That's bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. Like, my teams are either doing very well or really bad. But, hey, uh, if I'm going to have uh, injuries like that, I, look, I, you know me. I want to win every league. But if it's going to happen, better it be in a league where there's no money on the line. And I've, I've won Towers. I don't, I, don't, I don't really – feel like I have to win it to prove anything. Do I want to win the league? Absolutely. I'm not giving up. I've been in this position before April, May, even last year. Halfway through the year, I was like ninth, 10th place and made a run and was able to tie it for first in that final Friday. So that I've always preached that. You know that. Never give up, man. 
so what's it? So you can't watch Dodger games out there. Is that correct? Because everyone I know who lives out there said they're blacked out. Is that the case for you? Yeah, because I have YouTube TV and they're they're not on there. And I I watch I use the MLB app to watch everything else. So I could watch the Angels on YouTube TV, but because the the Dodgers and their network, I, I don't know the full story behind it, but they're not on a lot of providers and they get blacked out. So yeah, I cannot. I have to stream. They're the only game that I have to stream, like on a, a third party site if I want to watch. So I haven't seen a lot of the Dodgers, although I did go to their game on Saturday, which was pretty fun. How's that park out there? I mean, I know it's one of the older it's- stadiums in baseball. Yeah, it's more of a, you go for, like, the history of it, I feel like. Uh, it, it wasn't, you know, there's no attraction or anything like that that jumped out. P, uh, PNC in Pittsburgh is still uh, my favorite park I've been to. But the weird thing about Dodger Stadium when I went there, first, every there's one main entrance and exit out, and if you know L.A. traffic, it is terrible. So it took me, like, an hour to get in the stadium. And then their ketchup is in cups. Like, they don't give you packages or... They don't have, like, the squirt bottles or anything. They just had a, a big cup with a spoon, and, like, I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, one thing about Mr. Florio, he likes things that squirt, so he wanted this squirt <laughs> bottle for the catcher. <laughs> Not surprised. Uh, you, you don't like the packets there. But uh, always good talking to you, man, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying life out there. We'll get you back on soon to talk baseball, all right? Definitely. Thank you. All right, man. Again, Michael Florio, check him out, fantracks.com. When we return, we'll wrap it up. We'll take a look at some of the live action, and we'll get you some lineups for the games ahead for tonight in case you're playing DFS or setting your daily lineup. That's ahead. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. The morning after. I don't know how, like, if you know about Khabib how much, but this guy thinks that it's a disgrace that rap music is legal in Dagestan. He thinks, like, everybody is, like, a Western sort of decadent. Like, he hates drugs, alcohol, music. The guy's a step above Sharia type of thing. He comes from, like, a worn-torn country. Like, he's seen his friends die in the streets. Friends with warlords. This guy had lunch with Putin. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. 
It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Find all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. We got you covered. Fantasy baseball, dynasty football, NFL draft, season-long coverage, NASCAR, whatever it is. We got you covered at ScoutDFS.com. These guys are on fire. Check it out for yourself. You don't you get a one month if you want. I mean, obviously, season is better, but check it out for yourself. You know, obviously, everybody talks, but you could see a lot of the screenshots, and you could see the success the guys have had, read their articles, the optimizer, as well as the Slack chat leading up to lineup block. So we got you covered. MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA, MMA. So many ways to make money, as well as VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. They've been giving out some free baseball picks. They've been hitting as well. So you can check it out. Follow them on Twitter, at VegasWhispers. See the success, and then join us and make that money. Definitely a good time uh, for sports betting, becoming legal in many states. And I'm in New Jersey, so uh, all i got to do is go on the phone and make some bets. And I have been, and... Had some good success in the NBA. It's tougher as the season goes along with all the resting. But a two and one night last night had the uh, Warriors minus eight, Rockets minus five, and had the over on Golden State Denver. I think I had over two nineteen and a half. It went to eighteen. So uh, been on both sides of that. It's uh, not fun when you lose. It's fun when you win. But uh, we'll uh, keep helping you out there. And while your attention is focused on the start of the MLB season and college basketball's Final Four, NFL teams are focused on the upcoming 2019 NFL Draft. And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis, Maddock, and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Lots of day baseball today. And still some games about to get underway. So let's give you some of those lineups here in case you're playing DFS or need to set your seasonal lineups and you've been out of the loop. You're just tuning in. We'll help you out. Uh, about to start Diamondbacks in San Diego. Robbie Ray against Joey Lucchese for the Diamondbacks. Adam Jones off to a good start leading off in right field. Cattell Marte also off to a good start. He's in center field hitting second. Uh, he's got second shortstop eligibility in most leagues. So soon he'll get outfield eligibility. So that's nice. Uh, especially in daily leagues. David Peralta is in left field, hitting third. Christian Walker off to a good start, hitting cleanup at first base. Eduardo Escobar gets the start at second today, batting fifth. Jake Lamb is in the lineup against the lefty. He had five lefties this week, so I benched him in one league. I had to keep him active in Towers because I don't have a backup third baseman. My team is just really hit hard by injuries right now. Uh, but Jake Lamb playing third base. We mentioned yesterday he was taking ground balls at third base, and he was earlier today. So they give him a, a shot at third base. So this is something to keep an eye on. Obviously, it's good news for Christian Walker, who could get consistent playing time. Uh, he was picked up in quite a few leagues over the weekend, uh, but he could still be out there for someone in need of uh, injury replacement or need some help at the corner infield spot. Eduardo Escobar uh, is at second base today. Uh, as I mentioned, Lamb at third, Nick Omenz at short, Carson Kelly behind the plate, and Robbie Ray on the mound for the Diamondbacks. For the Padres, Ian Kinsler is at second base. 
Will Myers is in center field, hitting second. Manny Machado's at third. Framil Reyes in right field. Hunter Renfro back in the lineup, hitting fifth in left field against the lefty. Renfro had two home runs yesterday, and this is just a tough spot because I really thought Renfro was going to get an opportunity to play every day. He hasn't, and it's really tough to know what the Padres are going to do with that outfield right now. I think we know Will Myers is going to play every day. Now, they do have him in center field today, and as uh, Florio said, they tried this in the spring, and it really didn't work out. That's the thing is they really don't have an ideal center fielder outside of Margot. And Margot, I think, is a guy that they probably don't want to use now. But because he plays center field the best out of the group, I think they've put him in there. So if Myers can play an effective center field, and that remains to be seen, that certainly would open up for guys like Reyes and Renfro. So this is a, a, a situation that we have to monitor here, uh, especially Renfro owners. Uh, but Renfro is in there today, and you would think after hitting two home runs yesterday and a lefty on the mound, you got to put him out there. Eric Hosmer hitting six today at first base with a lefty on the mound. He gets pushed down the order. Fernando Tatis is at short. Austin Hedges behind plate, and Lucchese on the mound hitting ninth. Tigers at Yankee Stadium. Yankees off to a terrible start so far. Matthew Boyd against Jonathan Loesiga. Boyd was very good in his first outing. Uh, velocity was up, and he has a good slider. We'll see if he can keep it going today against the depleted Yankees lineup. For the Tigers, Josh Harrison leading off at second base. Nicholas Castellanos in right field batting second. Miguel Cabrera at first base hitting third. Nico Goodrum, who they've moved all around. He's in center field hitting cleanup. Heimer Candelario, the DH hitting fifth. Kristen Stewart, homer opening day, has been ice cold since then. He's in left field batting sixth. John Hicks behind the plate. Jordy Mercer at short and Gordon Beckham at third base batting ninth. For the Yankees, DJ LeMahieu leads off playing third base. He'll obviously get a big uptick in playing time with all the injuries. Uh, we'll see if he can hit towards the op- top of the order. Brett Gardner usually has been leading off. He gets the day off today. So LeMahieu at third base leading off. Aaron Judge in right field hitting second. Luke Voigt, the DH, hitting third. Gary Sanchez catching, hitting cleanup. Glaber Torres, as I mentioned yesterday, now moving up in the order with all these injuries, so that's going to really help him. You know, one of the things that I didn't like going into the year was he was hit at eighth. But I also said this numerous times: is you got to be careful with the batting order. Now, there was one scenario that I thought would happen that didn't, and I mentioned this yesterday. I said, uh, maybe yesterday or Monday, but I definitely mentioned that you know Victor Robles batting ninth was something that. Could change. Either he gets off to a hot start, there's an injury, and unfortunately there was an injury with Trey Turner, but they hit Robles ninth today. They put Eaton and kept him lead off. They moved Dozier up to two. That doesn't mean it's going to stick. Uh, if Robles hits, I think you could see him hit lead off. Maybe they drop Eaton to the two spot, or maybe they hit Robles two. So, you know, the batting order is something we talk about a lot, but you have to keep in mind these things can change. And we've already seen it with Torres. We might have seen it. Uh, see it with um, Robles. So, yes, it should be a part of the picture. But I don't think we could have envisioned this many injuries for the Yankees so far with Stanton, Andujar, Hicks. So that's kind of a, a a stark change there. But that's the one thing with the lineups. They're fluid, and they can quickly change. We know no team goes throughout the year where no injuries. They are going to happen. Greg Bird's at first base hitting six. He'll obviously see an uptick in playing time as well. Clint Frazier, another guy that you'll probably be looking at on the waiver wire this weekend. He's in left field batting seventh. Troy Tulowitzki at short, hitting eighth. And Mike Talkman in center field batting ninth. 
Uh, the Orioles, the Red Hot Orioles in Toronto to take on the Blue Jays. This game is at 4.07 p.m. Eastern. Nate Carnes against Matt Shoemaker for the Orioles. Cedric Mullins leading off in center field. Dwight Smith in left field batting second. Jonathan Villar is at second base hitting third. Trey Mancini in right field hitting fifth. Renato Nunez, the DH hitting fifth. Rio Ruiz at third base hitting sixth. Chris Davis at first. Pedro Severino, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Richie Martin is at short, batting ninth. For the Blue Jays, Billy McKinney in right field leading off. Randall Grichuk, who they just signed to a contract for five years. He's in center field hitting second. Justin Smoke is the DH. He is hitting third. Teoscar Hernandez in left field batting cleanup. Rowdy Teles, who homered yesterday, he's at first base hitting fifth. Lourdes Gurriel off to a terrible start, batting sixth and second base. Freddie Galvis at shortstop hitting seventh. Richard Urena at third base hitting eighth. And Luke Maley, the catcher, hitting ninth. The Mets in Miami, they go for the sweep against the Marlins, 6 10 p.m. Eastern, as they come home tomorrow for the home opener. For the Mets, Brandon Nimmo leading off from left field. Good sign after he got hit by a pitch yesterday. X-rays are negative. Pete Alonso after getting the day off back in the lineup, hitting second at first base. Robinson Cano at second base, hitting third. Michael Conforto clean up in right field. J.D. Davis at third base, batting fifth. Kean Broxton in center field, hitting sixth. Ahmed Rosario at short, hitting seventh. Tomas Nito behind the plate. Wilson Ramos gets the day off, and I would assume he'll be in the lineup tomorrow. Day game after night game for the home opener. And Jacob DeGrom on the mound, batting ninth. For the Marlins, Curtis Granderson leading off in left field. Brian Anderson is at third base. Neil Walker at first, hitting third. Starlin Castro, a tremendous power hitter at second base, hitting cleanup. Hopefully that means he doesn't homer today after I was uh, belittling him on Monday. JT Riddle at shortstop, hitting fifth. Luis Brinson in center field, batting sixth. Chad Wallach catching Hitting seventh, Roselle Herrera in right field in the eighth, and Trevor Richards with that excellent changeup, batting ninth and on the mound for the Marlins. Uh, for the night slate, 7.05 p.m. Eastern, Cardinals in Pittsburgh, leading off for the Pirates. Matt Carpenter, he's at third base. Paul Goldschmidt hitting second at first. Paul DeYoung at short, batting third. Marcelo Zuna in left field hitting cleanup. You know, his shoulder is still a problem, and that's why I didn't draft him this year. He was coming off the shoulder surgery Throws in the outfield don't look right. I definitely think you could see a little bit uh, lack of power early on. Uh, so keep that in mind for Ozuna owners. Yadier Molina is the catcher batting fifth. Dexter Fowler does return to the lineup. I think some of us were hoping. where You never hope for injury, but we saw Fowler get hurt the other day and leave the game. And you know, a lot of us want to see Jose Martinez in there or Tyler O'Neill, but they're paying Fowler a lot of money. So he is fine, and he is in the lineup today again. Uh, in right field, batting six. Colton Wong off to a good start. He's at second base, batting seventh. Harrison Bader in center field, hitting eighth. And on the mound, Miles Michaelis batting ninth. For the Pirates, Adam Frazier leads off at second base. Starling Marte in center field, batting second. Francisco Cervelli is catching, batting third. Josh Bells at first base, hitting cleanup. Jung Ho Gong at third base, hitting fifth. Melky Cabrera in right field, hitting sixth. J.B. Shuck in left field, hitting seventh. Eric Gonzalez is the shortstop batting eighth, and on the mound it is Jamison Tyon for the Pirates as he is batting ninth. Cubs are in Atlanta, 7.20 p.m. Eastern start. John Lester takes on Julio Tehran. For the Cubs, Ben Zobris leading off in right field. Chris Bryant at third base batting second. Anthony Rizzo at first base hitting third. Javier Byers at short inning cleanup. Kyle Schwarber in left field batting fifth. 
Wilson Contreras, the catcher, hitting six. Daniel Descalso at second base, batting seventh. John Lester on the mound, hitting eighth. And Jason Hayward in center field, batting ninth. For the Braves, Ozzy Albies leads off. He plays second base. Looks like he's going to lead off against some lefties. Josh Donaldson at third base, hitting second. Freddie Freeman at first, hitting third. Ronald Acuna in center field, hitting cleanup. Nick Markakis in right field, batting fifth. Johan Camargo gets the start in left field. He's batting sixth. Tyler Flowers behind the plate, hitting seventh. Dansby Swanson at short, hitting eighth. And Julio Teron batting ninth on the mound. For the Astros and Rangers, 8.05 p.m. Eastern start. Garrett Cole against Mike Miner. Shinsu Chu leads it off as the DH. Rugnet Odor hitting second at second. Elvis Andrews at short, batting third. Nomar Mazzara in right field, hitting cleanup. Joey Gallows in center field, batting fifth. Estrubal Cabrera off to a really good start at third base, hitting sixth. That was a guy that I really wanted in fantasy. He's someone every year that I target. And a lot of leagues, he had eligibility at three different positions. And I don't know how. I didn't get him in any league. Uh, and he was a target for me. A couple of spots where I waited on third base or missed out in the auction, and I was hoping to get him. and Just uh, didn't have the money left. Someone always bid higher. But definitely like Cabrera in that park. Uh, certainly someone that was very undervalued in drafts. Hunter Pence gets the start against the right-hander. He's in uh, left field batting seventh. Ronald Guzman, the first baseman, hitting eighth. And Jeff Mathis behind the plate. He'll be catching Mike Miner today, hitting ninth. So uh, not a heavy night slate tonight. Uh, those are the lineups we have right now. No Astros on up yet. Then you have the Red Sox in Oakland. They look to uh, turn things around. Nathan Eovaldi was terrible in his first start. He takes on Marco Estrada of the A's. And then the Giants are in L.A. to take on the Dodgers. Derek Holland on the mound against Ross Stripling tonight. So, uh a lot of day baseball, which is great. Always love having the day baseball on, and we'll have more day baseball tomorrow. A note here, Corey Dickerson is out of the lineup tonight for the Pirates. He's dealing with a sore right shoulder. They're saying that he is day-to-day -day right now. So we've just seen so many injuries. Jeff McNeil, another guy, uh, he's dealing with a bad knee. That's why he's not out there today. He is day-to-day. -day. Steve Pierce expected to be activated from the DL when first eligible, eligible on Friday. Uh, haven't seen a Red Sox lineup yet, but they did say Xander Bogarts is not in the lineup today. It's just a day of rest, so uh, nothing to be alarmed about there. And we've already had a couple of cancellations for tomorrow. Uh, the Cardinals and Pirates, uh, they will not play. I mean, Cardinals and Padres, they will not play Thursday. They will play on Friday. And the White Sox-Mariners game for Thursday has also been postponed. They'll move that game to Friday. So that's why you've seen a lot of these games here where there's Thursday games and no games on Friday. They did that in case of postponement for the home openers. Good job by those teams. You don't want the fans coming out there, sitting out there in the rain, in bad weather, in the hopes that the game can play. And sometimes they'll do that, you know, to get the parking fees and the concessions and sell the food and all that. But there's no need to do that on opening day. It's just not fair to the fans. So uh, good for those teams. Uh, not making the fans come out there uh, and sit out there in that inclement weather. It's not the right thing to do and uh, not fun for, for anyone out there. So especially opening day, you know, that's a real fun time and uh, you don't want to see that uh, happen. So Brewers beat the Reds today, one nothing. Freddie Peralta, the story here, eight scoreless innings, striking out 10. Uh, the Nationals lead the Phillies 6-4 in the top of the eighth. Uh, as uh, Bryce Harper was the story last night, a couple of strikeouts early on and then had that 
home run to the upper deck. He certainly enjoyed it. He's got another good game going today. Two for two with a run and two walks. Uh, Aaron Nola did not have it in this one. He allowed three home runs, five hits, two walks, six runs over three innings. So a rare bad start for a guy like Aaron Nola. Oh, uh, Juan Soto crushing it today. He's got a home run. Uh, Anthony Rendon with a home run and Ryan Zimmerman with a home run. Adam Eaton stole a base. Not a great start for Adam Sanchez. He walked four over four innings, allowed four hits and four runs, struck out three. So, you know, we'll see if he can uh, have that success that he had last year. The Rockies and Rays are scoreless going to the 10th inning. Great pitchers duel here. Herman Marquez, seven innings, three hits, no earned runs, three walks, seven Ks, 91 pitches, 59 for strikes. And Charlie Morton. Another good start for him. Six innings, four hits, no runs, two walks, eight Ks. Now has a 1-6-4 ERA through two. Interesting here is Jose Alvarado pitched the eighth inning in a scoreless tie game. He struck out the side. Diego Castillo pitched the ninth in a tie game. So very interesting there. Uh, as we have seen, uh, I think the Rays might use both guys to get some saves. And it's one of the trends that's happening in baseball is you're seeing uh, a lot of teams do this. The Royals lead the Twins 6-4 in the eighth inning as uh, Alex Gordon has a home run and uh, Mondesi off to a really good start. Two for four with two runs. And Astudio for the Twins. Everyone's calling for him to get more playing time. Three for four with two runs in an RBI playing third base today. Certainly has a good bat. Will they find a way to get him in, whether it's catcher or maybe they play him in some third base with Marwin Gonzalez struggling? Certainly something to keep an eye on. That wraps it up here. You can catch me, scoutfantasysports.com. We'll be back Thursday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern with Dr. Roto here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.